Welcome back to the My Everyday Chaos podcast, a podcast for women looking for God's voice and biblical focus in the face of daily distraction. I'm Alexandra Goman, and it's great to be back with you after a very unintentional hiatus from the podcast. Very thankful for your patience with me as I have been going through quite the interesting summer. So glad to be back with you on the podcast to drop a special episode. Hopefully, we're going to be getting back to doing some more frequent episodes again. Um, Jesse and I are so thankful for uh, many of you. Um, if you follow me on social media or if we are friends in real life, which most of the people who listen to the podcast were genuine friends. So thank you for listening. <laughs> but uh, we have been going through a lot in our personal lives. Um, We just had a miscarriage a few months ago, and that has been quite the ordeal to navigate and quite the interesting season in our lives. And uh, we are really, really thankful for just the community of people in our church, um, long distance friends, so many people that um, really have lifted us up and taking care of our family, taking care of us personally. And it definitely hasn't been easy. I feel like we are, you know, kind of back to our daily routine, um, which for a minute I was like, I don't know how people go back to their daily routine when they're going through this. Um, But thankfully, um, we are kind of back to our daily life. I think there's obviously good moments and really hard moments. And um, I'm sure that there will be plenty more of those to come, but super thankful for all of you who have really just been there for us and taking care of our family. We are so grateful. Please keep us in our prayers. We are still hoping that God blesses us with a third little Goman baby one of these days, Um, but I'm sure that there will be many more things that in time God will show me what we can share about it and how to even process some of the things that um, the last few months have taught us and honestly are still teaching us. I think it it takes some time to find meaning in your pain, and we're definitely hoping that we get there, but I'm very thankful just to be able to kind of be back at the podcast to keep finding um, moments of God to share with you, moments about God's word, moments about motherhood, moments about just life as a as a disciple of Jesus, as a woman trying to follow him, hopefully to also be um, a woman who can keep being a platform for other women to share the gospel, to share their stories, to share their faith with you. So I'm really excited to keep doing that in the months to come and uh, thankful for your patience as we've taken a little bit of a break. But uh, I'm excited today. I wanted just to have a chance to share about something that's been on my heart. You know, we started this practical faith series a few months back where the idea was, okay, there are things that we go through in our lives, but wouldn't it be great to have just some great tools to help us with things? We did one on Bible study. We did one on just living a life to follow Jesus. And today I want to talk about the fellowship. I want to talk about church. If you are a part of the same church fellowship as me, we have a ginormous conference coming up this week. And so it got me thinking about fellowship. It got me thinking about corporate worship. You know, I think for many of us, we went through a season where we watched church from our couch. 
And if you were anything like me, that was kind of a good time. And we maybe enjoyed a little too much watching church with a robe on and, you know, Cheez-Its for communion. I know that was wrong, but we did it anyways. We had a good time. God was glorified. We sang in our living rooms off key to the live stream. And it was wonderful. And I know we've been back at normal worship for a while, but at the same time, I think that for me, I've noticed that going to church, going to meetings of the body, even though biblically, I know it is so good to experience corporate worship. I mean, just from a bare minimum level, the worship is so great, right? I do think God does something amazing when we're sitting in the room with other Christians, hearing the word of God opened. I mean, it's powerful, right? But I also think that there can be challenges that come with it. You know, I think about anxiety. I think that there's so many of us that maybe we dealt with anxiety before the pandemic, but maybe our anxiety is a little bit more through the roof now. We deal with social anxiety, you know, being around all these people, especially as I think about going to a conference. Oh my goodness. It's so many people, right? And that anxiety of just the pressure and the claustrophobia of being around so many people. I think for me as a mom, you know, the anxiety and the stress that I can feel just simply getting myself ready, getting other people ready, all the bathroom trips and the snacks and the things that go in just to kind of going to this church event. Um, I think about even just the ways that when we're walking into church, you know, the, the wondering, okay, well, how do people perceive me? How do I look today? All of those things can kind of consume us. You know, we can be worried about other people and how are they doing? And okay, how's their family and how's their health? And, you know, maybe we serve at church. And so there's the anxiety of, am I running late to serve? And am I doing, you know, this, this position that God's given me in the church? Am I honoring God with it? And I mean, the list goes on and on of the different things that can kind of consume our mind as we approach worship, as we approach fellowship, and it can honestly distract us. You know, so I wanted to share a verse today that's been on my heart, thinking about how do we set our minds, how do we approach worship, how do we approach the fellowship, approach things like Sunday mornings and conferences with faith, with focus, and with purpose. So let's look over at a scripture that you all know well, Proverbs 11, verse 25. The Bible reads, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. You know, this is a principle that we, that we all understand, right? It, it reminds me of how Jesus says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. This idea of when we give refreshment, when we encourage others, when we fill up their faith, what happens to us? We end up receiving it back tenfold. I love the Passion Translation. It says, those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. Isn't that a beautiful translation? This idea of 
when we live to bless others, we have blessings heaped on us in return. When we pour out our lives, we're saturated with favor in return. And I think that we all have evidence of that in our lives. We can all probably look back on times where maybe we spent a day serving our community. And yes, it was tiring. And yes, it was exhausting. But do you remember that feeling that you had at the end of that day where it was just like, oh, it was a good tired, right? It was a satisfied kind of tired. When we live to bless others, we receive it back tenfold. And I think the truth is how we experience worship, how we experience the fellowship, so much of it depends on this mindset. How are we approaching the doors of our church? How are we approaching a conference? How are we approaching time with other believers, time in corporate worship? Are we going in looking for how we can give, looking for who we can refresh, looking for how we can open wide our hearts? Or are we going in thinking about how we look, thinking about how we're perceived, thinking about all of the to-dos on our list, thinking about all of the things that we have to take care of. You know, I think about um, my daughter, Rosie, and this is something that we've been working on a lot with her going into church. And, um, you know, Sunday mornings for a four or five-year-old can be a lot. They're being around a lot of new people and there's class and there's all these different things. And so We've been talking about setting her mind a lot. And so before church the other week, we had a conversation about encouraging others. And if you're a part of our fellowship, you know how much we overuse the word encouragement to the point where we all are like, what does that word even mean anymore? So we had to break it down and like explain to Rosie, okay, what do you think it means to encourage? And we talked about how it, that word is a word that means that it helps you be brave. We talked about how It helps you feel happy. You know, when you encourage someone, it's making them happy, that it's refreshing, that it's loving them. So we kind of broke it down. And then we talked to Rosie about who is somebody that when you go into church today that you want to encourage. And we kind of laid it out and she picked somebody from her class and she said, I want to encourage her. I want to make her happy today. I want to love her today. And then we talked through, okay, what does it mean? How can you do that? You know, we talked about giving hugs is a great way to encourage. We talked about asking how they're doing is a good way to encourage. She came up with, oh, I could write her a card as a way to encourage. We came up with this whole list. And then I picked out a few people that I wanted to encourage. Maybe a few sisters that I maybe don't always get to talk to in the fellowship that I was like, I want to make a beeline for them today. I want to have a good talk with them. So after church, me and Rosie kind of reconvened and I was like, Rosie, how did it go? She was like, mommy, I did it. I made her a card. And I was so proud of Rosie. I mean, I was like, yes, you did it. And then of course, Rosie was disappointed because the girl didn't take the card with her. And I was like, ain't that always how it goes? You go out of your way to be encouraging and the person didn't even realize it, which amen. But you know what I loved about that? 
it gave Rosie purpose and focus when she was at church. She wasn't just thinking about herself. She wasn't just thinking about her experience in church. She was thinking about how to turn someone else's day into a better day. You know, and honestly, it helped me so much. I mean, I came back to the car that day after church and I was like, man, I just had two amazing conversations with sisters that I don't normally get to talk to. God really blessed those conversations. I felt more focused. I felt more alive spiritually that day. And it was such a great thing. So practical faith. Think of before you enter corporate worship, who can you refresh? Think about it. Take the time. Talk about it with your spouse. Talk about it with your roommates. Talk about it with your kids. Okay, who can I go in and refresh today? I think that we've gotten so used to being consumers that we forget sometimes to be givers in worship. We look at church as this thing that gives to us. And yes, right? It does give so much to us. It gives us insights and Hopefully it teaches us things about the Holy Spirit and hopefully it guides us into greater truth and understanding and provides a venue for us to, to connect with other people. But if we only view church as what we can get rather than what we can give, I honestly think it's just distracting. I think it's exhausting that way. Okay, another practical. If you're ready for one more, I've got one more for you. Something that my parents used to do with me when I was young that I still think about all the time. Before we got out of the car to go almost anywhere, I mean, I'm talking school, I'm talking to somebody's house that was having us over for dinner, I'm talking to go to the park, to go to church. Almost every time my mom or my dad would say like a 30 second prayer. Very a la Colossians 3, set your hearts on things above, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. You know, they would just pray. They would pray for us. They would pray for us to be giving. They would pray for their own hearts. They would pray that the time would be really edifying. And it was just this quick prayer to kind of recenter us as a family on going in with a spiritual mindset to wherever we were going. And I think about that with church too. You know, how many times do I feel frantic and frenetic before I enter into a church? How much do I feel that this week as I'm preparing to go to a conference? Oh my goodness, it's out of this world, right? But I think about, man, what a game changer it is when I take the time before I enter a room, before I enter the the doors of my church just to pray. To set my mind, we're talking 30 seconds to invite God into my anxiety and invite him into my mind, into my heart to then be able to be more Christ-like myself as I enter those places. So those are my two practical ideas for you. As you think about church, as you think about corporate worship, think about who can you go in? And who can you refresh? And then take some time to pray before you enter. You know, for those of you going to a conference, maybe you've never been to a conference before. Maybe you're going to be going to one this summer. Maybe you know just in general, oh man, my church does retreats. We do those. Can we just be real about the fact that as women, 
it can be an insecurity fest at these things. I mean, I can go in thinking about how I gained 10 pounds since the last conference. I can go in feeling, I remember going through infertility and being so anxious about all the pregnant women I was going to see at a conference, all the new moms, all the new babies. I mean, it was so scary for me to think about going into those moments. I mean, even this time, thinking about the miscarriage and what if people say things that are going to hurt my feelings or say things that were maybe insensitive? I know I have friends who recently lost loved ones and I know they're terrified of walking in and, you know, being afraid of, of what people could say or it's just a fragile time. And I get that. I feel that. I feel the insecurity. I feel the, the fear of uh, how are people going to perceive me? I also know the insecurity of feeling like, Other people have more friends than me and everyone knows, has someone to sit with and everyone knows more people. And you can feel that at church on a Sunday morning. It doesn't just have to be at a retreat or a large scale event. But can I be real? I think those things are totally true. And I think they're totally valid. But I also think that that God is so much greater than those insecurities. I think he's so much greater than the fact that you or I gained 10 pounds. And he's so much greater than the fact that people aren't always going to say the right thing. And I just believe that God has things in store for me at church on a Sunday morning or at a retreat or at any other meeting of the body or at a conference that maybe I'm missing if I don't set my mind. And so. Yeah, take the time you need. If you don't, don't feel like you have to be at every single thing all the time. Don't feel like you have to always be giving and always on 100% of the time. But man, pick those moments. Let's all do that. Decide who can we refresh? How can we pray before we enter to hear what God wants to say to us, to give back to the creator of the universe, to listen to his voice? and to do our best to enjoy corporate worship with brothers and sisters. I hope this has been helpful for setting your mind. It's been good for me just to talk it through with you guys. I hope you have a great week, and I can't wait to be back on the podcast with you very soon.